Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. You've just reached your destination after a long drive, but you don't get out of the car. You recline your seat and sit back in the dark because you've still got 15 minutes left on your podcast. That's what the Apostrophe Podcast Company would term a driveway podcast, that place where storytelling and sound meet akin to a movie for your ears. Apostrophe is a new podcast production house founded by longtime ad man and under the influence host Terry O'Reilly, his two daughters, Callie Ray and Sydney, and his wife, Debbie. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, we talk to O'Reilly about good storytelling, why he's hopeful podcasting will shake up terrestrial radio, and why smart advertisers should take another look at the medium. So, how did all of this culminate in deciding that you wanted to start a podcast company? I've been podcasting for 10 years. We're, I mean, I think we're one of the Canadian podcasting pioneers because we've been doing it for a decade now. My show's been on the air for 15 years on CBC and Sirius and in the States, but we've, we've been podcasting for 10. So we've, we've loved podcasting. and I think podcasting has really rejuvenated the audio world in huge ways, which I think is, is such a wonderful uh, blessing for radio because it is, has allowed, you know, to a uh, uh, technical ability to reach more people. And it's kind of like Netflix where it's audio on demand. You don't have to be sitting in front of your radio at 1130 precisely on a Saturday to hear my show anymore. So we have loved podcasting. We've seen our numbers grow incredibly over the years. We just got, for example, um, some research back that showed us how uh, how many countries in the world download our show, and it was just it was over three million podcast uh, downloads in in uh, four months uh, around the world, and it was just so so extraordinary to us. And we love storytelling. We are a storytelling company, so that's why we started our new apostrophe podcast company was to create new original podcasts that tell great stories. This new venture is really a family affair, and in some respect, that's emphasized by the name you chose, Apostrophe. It's exactly right. It's the, the Apostrophe in our last... It is a family company. Uh, the Apostrophe in our last name has been the bane of our existence in the digital age, because whenever you check into a hotel and you need to get on the Wi-Fi, the Apostrophe throws you right off. Um, the digital world is not really set up to handle apostrophes. So it's been the bane of our existence, and that's the in-joke and the, the name of our company. So what's the ethos of apostrophe? Great storytelling. That really is our mantra. It is our, our raison d'etre. We want to tell really great stories, and we want to make them sonically interesting. That's an important part of our company. It's an important part of Under the Influence because I'm not just – doing a straight narration, there's a lot of production elements that go into Under the Influence. It takes, as a matter of fact, almost 12 hours to mix our 27-minute show every week because it has sound effects and it has commercials and it has little bits from actors and it has music. I mean, there's it's sonically interesting beyond the content itself. So Apostrophe will be a, a even bigger realization of that. So at this point in your career, 
I imagine that you're fairly particular in terms of what kind of projects you decide to pursue. What is that process for you now? And do you want to talk a little bit about the first podcast project that's being released under the new brand? Certainly. Our first podcast, which should launch later this month, is called We Regret to Inform You, The Rejection Podcast. This podcast is all about successful people who faced debilitating career rejection and then figured out a way to overcome that. And we analyze the insights in how they did that, how they overcame what seemed like insurmountable, debilitating career rejection. And it's a really wonderful show. We're so proud of it. And the stories are endless in that category when you start to do your research. And, and it's so inspiring to hear the stories where you think, boy, you know, after someone got rejected, an author, for example, 31 times in a row from all the big publishers, you think, how did they keep going? Like, wouldn't you give up after 10 rejections from major publishers or after 20 rejections from major publishers, yet they kept going, they believed in themselves. And then it, it became, for example, like, you know, a million selling book in its first year. Like, how could so many people be so wrong? about a piece of creative or about a piece of writing. Anyway, that's what the show's about. And we're really proud of it. And as I say, it's going to be launched later this month. And really when we're thinking about what our podcast subjects are going to be, we really have a lot of meetings and kick around ideas. Uh, sometimes for that idea, we just really came up with that idea. In other respects, we pick a topic and try and see if we can come up with an idea. So in other words, it's kind of a forced conceptualization, whereas the other side of the coin is really pulling just great topics out of the air that we're interested in pursuing. So with the proliferation of podcasts, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on what many podcasters are doing well or not doing so well. I'm interested to know what you're listening to, what you like, and what you think is just kind of taking up space in the podcast ecosphere? That's a very good question. I think a lot of podcasts are poorly produced. Getting back to my sonically rich philosophy that I mentioned a few minutes ago, I think there's a lot of just straight interview podcasts on the air. And I think that's the, probably the biggest genre, which is straight interview. What happens, I find often, is they don't edit the interviews. There's a lot of, you know, interviews I listen to where, you know, a, a big chunk of it could have been cut out and it could have been a tighter, more enjoyable listening experience. So I find that's one of the problems out there. Poor quality, just not having a great studio setup is another thing. I think what's interesting about podcasts as I watch the, the world of podcasts evolving in these early days is I think we're moving towards gated podcasts. That's where I think it's going to go. In other words, you see Spotify moving into the podcast world in a big way to try and overtake Apple's uh, firm grasp on the on podcasting. But I think what Spotify is doing, if I'm reading it right, is you can only hear the podcast Spotify has if you subscribe to podcasts. That's where it's going. It'll be a gated community. And that's where I, that's where I think we're headed, if you want me to crystal ball it. You've had a long collaboration with CBC and public radio, and I'm interested in your thoughts 
on that relationship between radio and podcasting, because in a lot of respects, there's been fear on the part of terrestrial broadcasts that there isn't enough room in the audio landscape for both of these things. But at the same time, particularly in the U.S., you have some of the major broadcast groups now successfully embracing podcasting. What are your thoughts on how that's all evolved? And if podcasting has scalable monetization potential, then where where does that leave radio in all of that? It's a very interesting question you're asking. Obviously, radio stations are podcasting their shows, so they are not sort of, you know, peering at the podcast world. They're actually in the podcast world. I really thought... The same, I felt the same way when, when uh, satellite radio came into the market. I really hoped that the fear that satellite radio might strike in the hearts of terrestrial radio might make terrestrial radio better, that they might up their game, become more innovative. And I didn't think that really happened. Maybe they didn't fear satellite radio as much as I thought maybe they would. I'm hoping again that audio, that podcast will then do the same thing to terrestrial radio, that it could become more innovative and more interesting and more and more dangerous like it was in the 60s and 70s, early 70s. Because there's a lot of formulaic radio out there. They feel like they're programmed to death. This is my personal opinion. So I'm hoping the podcast world will shake up the terrestrial world. You know, I have three daughters who love music. It's a big part of their lives and they don't, they don't listen to radio. And I think that's, I think radio hasn't been courting them, quite frankly. So I think radio, terrestrial radio really has to take a good look at itself and become more innovative and more interesting and be a little freer, a little looser. Can podcasting be monetized? We are certainly hoping so. We, our archives have advertisers in them. We are monetizing and, and are attracting advertisers to our new podcast. So I think the great thing about podcasting for advertisers is that there's a loyalty factor and, and an, an intense listening experience with podcasts. People are really zoned into them and they, they follow their favorite podcasts and they get excited when a new podcast drops. There's an intense listening experience. So I think for advertisers, that's, that's really, that's gold to an advertiser to be in an audio experience where people are intensely listening. So when that the, commercial appears, it's really, you know, there's not a lot of fast forwarding going on. And, and research seems to show that, that there's not a lot of uh, fast forwarding through commercials and podcasts. And may I say one other thing, I noticed that there's a radio station in London, England that only airs podcasts. So they've taken that as a format, which is interesting. Let's talk about where you're speaking to us from. You're near your home in Collingwood, but your studio is very unique. It is. And we're, we're 30 minutes south of Collingwood. Yes. So what I was driving into Toronto. It takes me two hours to drive into Toronto from where I live. And it was starting to kill me to record the show because that's, it's, a, it's four hours of driving in a day. And I was doing it for years. I would just you know drive in on record day, then drive home. And it would take up an entire day because it's four hours of driving and two or three hours of recording. And my wife said to me one day, my wife, Debbie said, uh, we were discussing how this was starting to kill me, this commute. And she said, and, and I had just been talking about how much I loved Airstream trailers. Not that I'm a trailer guy, but I love the look of a trailer and the vintage feel of a trailer and that, that shiny aluminum, uh, nostalgic look of, a, of an Airstream trailer. And my wife said to me one day, could you build a studio in an Airstream trailer? 
And that whole, the light bulb just went off for me. And I said, yes, that is absolutely possible. So we started our hunt for a vintage. I wanted a 60s era Airstream trailer. We found one not far from where I live, which is extraordinary because there's not that many available in Canada. They're mostly in the US. I went to look at it, made an offer on the spot. And here's the best part of the story. Then once we bought the trailer, we had to find someone who could restore the exterior and then find somebody who could uh, was knowledgeable enough to build a studio, soundproofing, et cetera, on the inside of the trailer. And I figured those were two separate people. And I started doing my research online and I would find one or the other, all in the United States, of course. And then I found one guy, I got, I just, you know, stumbled on his website. His work was beautiful. He'd done over a hundred trailers. He had done... Airstream trailers for Hollywood and Hollywood stars. So he, you know, he knew how to do it. He'd written, he'd created editing bays in Airstream trailers for Hollywood studios. In other, other words, he, he was in the groove of a studio. So I, I thought, okay, where in California are you located? And as I scroll down his site, I discover he's in Nova Scotia. He is a transplanted Californian who specializes in Airstream trailers. So I couldn't believe my luck. Called him up said, have you ever created a radio studio in a trailer? And he said, I have not done that, but I'd love to. So I hired him and my wife and I pulled the trailer out to Nova Scotia. That was our first time ever pulling a trailer. We pulled it right across the country to Nova Scotia, left it with him for a year. And when we got it back, we got it back a beautiful 1969 Airstream recording studio. That's a great story. Is there anything else that you want to touch on, Terry? I think... The, and we touched on this just a few minutes ago, Connie, but I think it's worth just another little stab at it, which is I think advertisers should really take a, gr- a better look at podcasting in Canada. We're probably about three years behind the U.S. as far as the, the total embrace of podcasting in the advertising world, where you see, if you listen to, you were asking me what I listen to. I love Alec Baldwin's Here's the Thing podcast. I like Dax Shepard's podcast. I love How I Built This I love that podcast. And there's a lot of advertisers in those podcasts. So the U.S. is is a couple of years ahead of us in the way that the uh, advertising world is embracing podcasts. But as I said earlier, the numbers are big in podcast downloads in the top podcasts. There is an intense listening experience. There's loyalty. I think those factors, because I've spent my, my entire career in advertising because I've been an ad man up until a few years ago. Those, those are things that are hard to find, and I think podcasting is really affordable right now. So I think smart advertisers should look more closely at, at great podcasts. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, Terry. You are so welcome. Great to be on your show, and I love Broadcast Dialogue. I've been a subscriber for well over 15 years, I'm sure, maybe 20. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Broadcast Dialogue. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.